Good evening, church. How are y'all doing today? Good. Good. Wonderful. As Pastor said, I'm going to continue um, this lesson on my sanctuary, and I'm going to, we're going to see what we get through tonight. Brother Sean said I have until 7.55, so... All right, so we'll tr we'll try and see what we get through tonight. I am going to try and transition a little bit from what Pastor did last week, um, and then next week, kind of plan on focusing more on specific practices and things that we can do. But again, we'll see what we get through this week, and uh, if y'all will just engage and help me out. Hospitality is the act of welcoming guests and strangers. So when you talk about hospitality at your home, that is literally the act of welcoming a guest or a stranger into your home. And when it comes to the church, the goal of hospitality is the same as any ministry in the church, and that's to win souls. Okay? So hospitality, its main focus is not to make us look good, it's not to make us feel good, but it's to win a soul. Okay? And I think as apostolics, we have become addicted sometimes to big grand gestures, okay? And we've become addicted to events. And there's nothing wrong with events. There's nothing wrong with grand gestures. There's nothing wrong with outreach programs or soul-winning drives. But the, the purpose of or the success of a church is not measured in foot traffic or the amount of people that pass through the building, but the amount of people who are changed by what they experience here. Okay, so when it comes to when it comes to hospitality, that is a very individualized one-on-one -on -one approach to soul winning. This is not something that we are going to be. Um, we would love to blow people away, but this is something that has to be easily replicated from service to service. Hospitality is not a Sunday morning only event. It's not a Wednesday night. It's not a special service such as Pentecost Sunday event. Hospitality is something that, as Pastor said, is by the whole church to anybody that is here, okay? And that's including current members. So hospitality is something that is by the whole body to the whole body, and we are incorporating that for anybody who is visiting. Jesus did not grow his ministry primarily through events. Jesus did not go seeking out Sermon on the Mount experiences. You used this term last week and you said you didn't like it, but it was organic, okay? That was something that happened because of the practices that Jesus had in place. It happened because people were curious, intrigued, and attracted to what Jesus was preaching and teaching. It did not happen because he had a big marketing push to get people into the building. Okay, So Jesus' ministry was primarily built through individual family interactions, through, through breaking bread at people's houses, through one-on-one -on -one interaction with other people. Now, he would have a group that followed him, and there were times where Jesus had to break away from the group so that he could spiritually um, refresh himself. Where he, and that's why you see that he climbed the mountain so that he could have a time of prayer. That was his way of getting away from the crowd. But Jesus' ministry was not built 
on large scale events or marketing pushes. Okay. The parable of the lost sheep kind of gives us an example where our, where the, the focus of that entire parable is not the 99 who were here and it's not, well, we have a hundred sheep. Let's try and get to a thousand real quick. The whole focus of that parable is there's one that's lost. There's one that walked away and our entire effort is focused on that one sheep that we need to reach. That is the spirit of hospitality. And I have nothing against, again, I, w- I want to make this clear because I don't want anybody to feel like, well, he's picking on anybody. I'm not upset with outreach. I'm not upset with events. I'm so glad we're having a, a focus on Pentecost Sunday. It's important that we have those. But we want to maintain a consistent application of hospitality, reaching people who come in. And when they come in, we want them to feel an impact. I told pastor this last week that I was going to hit on this, and I'm probably going to say it multiple times. We cannot underestimate the value of an average apostolic service. It's so easy for us to come in here and say, well, the praise team did okay, and pastor had a good message, and think that was just a good service. Nothing special, nothing big, nothing huge. But to somebody who has not experienced this walk of life, if we hit it, the the experience that they had can totally blow away anything that they've ever experienced. So we cannot just focus on big events or or services that we think are important. We have to focus on every service because any time a guest is in the building, that is an opportunity for them to have a life-changing interaction with God. Life-changing. We often make soul winning about uh, solo effort or personality-driven performance, um, and that's why so often you'll have churches that are very good at outreach because they have a gifted individual on their, on their staff who pushes that agenda, who is very, very good. Have you all ever met somebody who's just really good at interacting with people out in the community and they make you sick um you know and you're like I can't do that and unfortunately that's what happens is is some churches don't have that personality and so they don't give it an effort but hospitality is not personality driven it's not about who who is the most charismatic it's not about who can who has the best smile or is the best at small talk But as Pastor said, it's everybody reaching. It's the whole body reaching out. We have got to be a body that stretches out their hand. That is what hospitality is about. We cannot, we cannot stretch out our hands to God for blessings without stretching out our hands to others in need. We can't do it. So we've got to be a church that stretches out their hand. And I'm going to hit this real quick. Even though, even though this is not where I'm going to spend most of my time, but this is specifically, or most importantly, I should say, for, for department leaders, we have to make sure that the body that is here is well taken care of. You are not going to be able to effectively reach the community or reach strangers or reach guests if there is dysfunction, hurt, injury within the body of Christ. So department leaders, we have to make sure that we are reaching out to those that are under us, reaching out to people that are in the church and making sure that the basic needs 
of the church body that is already here or met. An injured or maimed church is not going to be effective at winning souls. Very, very, very important. Did you have something to say? Yes, and we didn't tell you all this, but Brother Landon had already taught me and said, Pastor, anytime you want to say something, you just jump in on this because we are doing this different. And so you know I'm not, I'm not going to pass that opportunity up. What I want to say to that is there, I think there has been a, a, a ideology at times that said the church is not about the saints. The church is all about people that are outside the building. And I understand what people mean when they say that, but the church is for the saints and it is for the people outside the building. It's not either or. It's both and. And so I appreciate what he just said. Very powerful thing that we need to grab a hold of. This is not just to be used on people you don't know. This is how we are to treat each other. This is who we are as a church all the time to everybody. That's right. That's right. Uh, A couple other things that that highlight the importance of this from a biblical perspective. And, and I'm, not, I'm not reading uh, any verses, but, but I just want to highlight a couple things. When Jesus was, was raised back to life, it was not his words. It was not his message. It was not his appearance. It was not his charisma that showed the people who met him on the road, this is Jesus. It was when he broke bread. Fellowship is so important, not, and this, this is a thing on hospitality, but it is so vitally important to apostolic hospitality. And if we're going to be an apostolic church, we have to have hospitality and identity that's rooted in apostolic actions. And fellowship, breaking of bread, when you read the book of Acts, um, the disciples uh, or the apostles, rather, had this issue where they said, we cannot prepare for, for preaching. We can't do the duties that we have because the needs of the people are so great. And they did not say, so let's just drop that. They didn't say, let's just cut that out. But they said, let's find seven men full of the Holy Ghost, and let's give them the responsibility of going house to house, breaking bread, and, and teaching the apostles' doctrine. Serving tables, and that is when you think about it, the image of hospitality that comes in your brain. Okay, you're gonna if when I say hospitality, you're gonna think of Chick Fil A. You're gonna think of that fine dining experience that you go to once a year, um, or you're going to think of a hotel. Okay, a good hotel, <laughs> not the Motel Eight. Sorry, Motel Eight. Um, you're going to think of a good hotel, okay? So some, some names that come to mind when I think of hospitality, and, and there's, there's one that comes to the top um, all the time, and that's the Ritz-Carlton. Now, has anybody been to the Ritz-Carlton? If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you about it. Nobody. Okay, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> the Ritz-Carlton, all right, has a uh, reputation as being the top, top of class gold standard for hospitality. Okay, I do, I do want to check it out at some point, um, but it's going to require um, a change of situations. Um, but, but I'm speaking that in faith. Um, 
Maybe for our 10-year anniversary, babe. Um, but the Ritz-Carlton, uh, I've, I've read some articles, and, and uh, there's a book that is actually given or was given by one, at one point by one of our leaders to, uh, to leaders in training at Chick-fil-A. And uh, one thing about the Ritz-Carlton is that every employee, every team member, they call them ladies and gentlemen. And so their mission statement is we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. All right, so they call their team members ladies and gentlemen. All right, so one of their things is that every lady or gentleman that works at the Ritz-Carlton has the ability and is empowered to spend up to $2,000 to meet any guest's need. You can tell why I can't go there next weekend. All right, but I'm going to give you a couple of a couple of things because we we've got to understand that hospitality, genuine hospitality is not your average everyday run of the mill experience, all right? If if you want just a just a mediocre level of hospitality, you are going to try and checklist it. You're going to try and say this is what we're going to do and we will do that because you need a baseline. But when it comes to serving people who come into our into our building. We have got to go above and beyond. We have got to excel in, in reaching their needs. Okay, and I, I'm going to hit on that pretty heavily here in a little bit. But we've got to find out what their needs are, and we've got to do whatever we can to meet those. You do not have a $2,000 budget. Just want to put that as a disclaimer. But you do not have a $2,000 budget. But here are a couple stories, okay? And if you... And, and, Really, go online and, and you'll find these um, all over. But a housekeeper named Mary flew from Atlanta to Hawaii after a guest had forgotten a laptop in his room. He had an important presentation loaded on the computer, and Mary did not trust a courier to get it to Honolulu on time. She delivered it herself, and rather than spending a few extra days on the island, caught the next plane back to Atlanta. That's hospitality, folks. A family had left the hotel only to realize that they had forgotten their little boy's stuffed animal in the room, and all the parents say that's a deal. A hotel employee retrieved Joshy and mailed it to the family. When the package arrived, it not only contained the stuffed giraffe, it also had photos and a signed note. The staff thanked the boy for letting Joshy stay an extra day. The photos showed Joshy on a chair next to the pool, a golf cart on the beach, and getting a facial at the spa. That's hospitality, okay? That is, that is, those are examples of people going above and beyond. They do not write that down. That is not something that says, if a child forgets his stuffed animal, these are the next 10 steps that you should follow, Okay? And that's because there is a culture of hospitality that has been given, okay? And, and we don't jump to those extremes, but if there is ever a point when a guest that comes into our building reaches a need, we have to feel a desire, a conviction to go above and beyond to make their experience what it needs to be. And this is very, very important. They have got to see and feel the love of God in you before they will be willing to come experience the love of God at the altar. We, t we put so much pressure on the preacher and so much pressure on the praise team to 
artificially create this atmosphere where people will be drawn to the altar. And that, and that is a job that people on the platform need. But it is so much easier if they feel comfortable and they feel welcome in the house of God from the parking lot to the pew and during service. So all of these details are important. We have got to focus on everything that we are doing because genuine hospitality is about going above and beyond for others. So there are a couple things, and and we're probably going to hit on this a couple more times. I do want to say something this week, and I'm going to say it next week as well. But we need to think about, I'm stepping off my notes here. Sorry, Sean. Um, but we need to think about talking about we need, to, we need to fellowship one with another. But if there are guests that come into the building during service times, our job or our, um, our pleasure is to serve those guests in whatever way possible, okay? Show up to church early, stay at church late, schedule dinner with other church members and have your fellowship at that time. But I would say from about 15 minutes before service until about five or 10 minutes after service, our focus needs to be, and we're not, (laughs) you're not following them around, okay? You're not being weird. But our focus does need to be if there is a guest in need, if there is a need that is presented, we are available and not distracted from our main focus, which is bringing in that sheep. That is our main focus during a service. And we call it a service because that's when we have time to serve. So, and that's, and that's for me and that's for anybody else is take the time to notice the guests that are in the building and serve them and be intentional about that before and after service. Come early and fellowship with your friends. Stay late and fellowship with your friends. We need that. It's important to have apostolic fellowship, but we cannot lose sight of the purpose of coming to church, which is not just to feed the sheep, but it's to reach the lost. That is the purpose. That's the reason why we are available. That's the reason why we invested in cameras so that we have an online presence, which is a part of hospitality now. That is a part of reaching the lost, that we are excellent and going above and beyond in any way that we can. So please, before service, I'm going to challenge us all that we would be aware of people that walk through the door that we do not know, Um, And there is a balance, okay? If you just stare at them and don't say anything, that's a little awkward, okay? Uh, But if 15 of you flock them at one time, that's threatening, okay? So, So be careful, okay? I'm not asking you to to get their address and add them on Facebook and get their phone number all on their first visit, but I am asking that you share a genuine smile and that you say hello to every person that walks in. And if we would just say, anybody within 10 feet of me, and I'm going to hit this again later, anybody within 10 feet of me, I will give a warm greeting to them. We are going to do a fantastic job of making sure that everybody is reached. The other part that I'm just going to say for pastor 
is that especially on Sunday mornings, we need to make sure that pastor is available and able to get from here to the back door to shake hands before guests leave. All right, we cannot flock him and distract him. We can call him or text him at any reasonable time, day or night. Okay? At any reasonable time. Okay? If it's an emergency, he'll be there for you. I know that. Okay? You have access to him throughout the week. You have access to him on Wednesdays when typically we don't have as many guests. If that changes, then we will need to make that change as well. But you have access to him. Again, come early, stay late, text him, um, use Brother Austin, um, Pastor Austin, or one of the other leaders as, as, a, as a throughput so that they can get you on his schedule so that he knows. But please give him the flexibility to get from here to there and greet our guest. Okay? That's very, very important. We have got to make sure that we, unless it's an emergency, please do not flock the pastor and make it, because he's, he's too nice. He's not going to say, I can't talk to you right now. All right? So I'm saying it for him. He can't talk to you right now. He's got to go. He's got to go greet other people. There we go. All right. So um, there was something else I was going to say on that. Oh, well, it'll hit me. Um, Oh, I will say um, as somebody, and I haven't been going here as long as most of the people in the building. We've been here a little over two years. But I will say that probably for most of you, let me just take a poll. How many of you attend Sanctuary Church because of the hospitality shown to you by the O'Connells? Probably a good, good number of you. And it's because they've done a great job, and they've been great examples of this. I will say, though, as the church grows, and that's why we're focusing on this, it cannot be solely dependent on them, although they set the culture and they have a high standard, but we need more people who are here because of the hospitality of the saints and not just the leaders. Very, very important. We need the hospitality of the entire body, to be available so that so that guests will feel that and be welcome here, not because they had 10 minutes with the pastor and not because they felt loved by him, although that's important, but because they felt the love of the entire body. This cannot be dependent on one person or one small group of people, okay? All right. Brother Sean, I don't want to take up too much time. I really just don't want to get involved in anything and then have to cut it short is is what I really don't want to do. Um, Pastor's already said, but at Sanctuary, everybody serves on the hospitality team. We need your help. If you want to be involved as a greeter, if you want to be involved as an usher, please come talk to me or Sister Vanessa. Uh, We will point you in the right direction. I do want to take this time to announce that on June 6th, which I believe is two Sundays from this Sunday after service. We will have a uh, greeter and just a hospitality team meeting after service. Um, and that's just so that we can kind of set some ground rules um, for what we want those teams to look like. If you're interested in that, please come talk to us. But if you're not involved in that ministry, as in you're not specifically involved in that, we still need your help. We still need everybody to greet those around you. We need you to find and and be aware of the needs of people. Let me just let me let me put it to you this way. A guest, when a guest walks in, they need to feel welcome. 
but we need to minimize any distractions that keep them from being involved in the worship and being involved in listening to the preaching, okay? That means that from when they pull in, and we're going to hit this again, but when they pull in that there are spots for them to park, that they don't feel intimidated by the parking lot, which I know is difficult, It's difficult, and I know that, but the more of us that can park across the street, the better, so that guests will pull into the lot and see an empty spot, preferably close to the door, if possible, that they can easily walk in, okay? That'll be a problem that's remedied later, but for now, that's very, very important. From the the moment they walk in, um, they need to feel that that there are as few obstacles as possible to them getting in the door. When, they're, when they are greeted, they are greeted with a warm welcome and they're welcomed in, that it's not hard to find a seat. And this is next to impossible, I know. I know. But I am going to challenge everybody, if you would, scoot up and scoot in. Um, nothing is more awkward as a guest, and I don't know if y'all have ever visited churches and you've had to do the little shuffle across the seats because you got to go to the second row and sit where Sister Key is sitting and you've got to shuffle. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Is this seat taken? Nothing is more awkward for a guest or especially a first-time guest than doing that. So we need to make sure as much as possible that the edges and the back is open for guests. I know after about 10 minutes of service, those are going to be filled, and we'll just squeeze them in wherever we can. But if possible, if you get here early, find a way to step out of your comfort zone, scoot up and scoot in. Ask those friends of yours around them if you can sit next to them, if you can be their buddy, their pew buddy, and you can squeeze in, okay? And then the next thing is in, be involved in worship. And again, I'm going to hit on all this again next week, but be involved in worship. We do not want people who are genuinely seeking something from God to feel intimidated or like they can't participate in worship because those around them are not participating. So, I know you might not like the song that Sister O'Connell picked out for that Sunday. All right, that may not be your favorite, your favorite tune, um, and maybe your favorite preacher's not preaching that day, but be involved. Come to church ready to be involved. And this is, this is just an overview of why it's important for hospitality to be a thing. Jesus, Jesus was always willing to meet those who were in need. He told the disciples, because they, they were always fighting on who was, who was the best disciple. That sounds like church people, you know. Um, who's the best singer, you know? Who's, who's the most involved? Who's the best teacher? Who's the best preacher? Who's the most spiritual? Um, and Jesus said, you know, the greatest of you has to serve the least of you, and that's what success looks like in the kingdom. So we've got to be humble enough to say when a guest walks in, our job is not, to, is not to meet their most obvious need. It's not to meet the need that is most prevalent, but it's to meet the need that is most important to them. We've got to be willing to wash the feet, and I know, ew, 
But we've got to be willing to wash the feet of anybody and everybody that walks in. That includes the people sitting in the pew right now, but it also includes the guest. We've got to be willing to make ourselves uncomfortable in order to win the lost. One soul, one soul, the Bible teaches us, one soul is more valuable than everything, every asset, every measure of wealth, whether it's Bitcoin or the dollar, Every measure of wealth out there, you stack it all up on one side of the scale and on the other side of the scale, you put one soul and that scale will tip in the balance of that soul every single time. There is nothing more important than when a soul walks through this door that they are, that they are able with as few distractions as possible, as few stumbling blocks as possible, as few offenses as possible to get from the parking lot to the altar and have an experience with God that they need. That's so important. I'm going to close with this. Not everybody that comes into this building is going to be experiencing the same thing. They're not all going to be at the same spot in life, Okay. There are some people that are coming in and they're just looking for a place to settle down. Hospitality is incredibly important to those people because they do not care. They do not care about what you know. They don't care about your doctrine. They don't care about how talented you are. And they honestly, if I'm just being real with you, they don't care about how anointed the preaching is if they do not feel cared for. There are some people who come in desperate for something and they don't care whether you greet them or not. They're here to, they're going to find God one way or the other. But for most of the people that we are going to interact with, it is going to be so vitally important that they feel cared for and loved by the individuals in the church before they ever are willing to go to the altar and find God. Would y'all bow your heads with me? I'm going to ask and, and pray, and I'm going to challenge each of us that, start, that starting, starting today that we would be willing to step out of our comfort zone, that we would be willing to greet a guest, that you would spend five minutes after service and talk to somebody who you don't normally speak to, and that God would deal with our hearts and convict us and help us to understand that hospitality and reaching a soul is not for a certain group, but it's for everybody. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. I thank you for this group of people, this wonderful group of people. God, I'm asking that you would give us a heart of service. God, that you would give us humility to reach down to the least of these, that we would give drinks to those that are thirsty, that we would feed those that were hungry. God, that we would be a people with stretched out hands just as much as we are people with stretched up hands. God, I'm asking that you would touch our hearts, convict us as we go along. God, help us to be people of hospitality, not just within these four walls, but outside as well. I thank you for all that you've done, and I give you glory and praise because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, would you give a hand clap of praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. I want to say to you right now, don't ever underestimate God's view of hospitality. If we do that, we do that to our own peril. When Abraham sent his servant to find a bride for Isaac, what did the Holy Ghost inspire him to do? To use hospitality 
as the test to who would be the wife of Isaac. Is that Bible? God has a strong view on it. And as I hit last Wednesday night, for many times the Bible says we have entertained angels unawares. Didn't even know it, but there was an angel that the Lord had put in our path. Why would God put an angel in our path? An angel has no physical need that you and I have. They're not hungry. They're not thirsty. They don't need a, a room. They have none of the physical needs that we... Why then would God put an angel in our path? He puts an angel in our path for us to entertain because he is testing us to see where our heart is. I want my heart to be firmly in the kingdom of God. I want my heart to be right in the middle of the kingdom of God. There was someone in our church last Wednesday night was telling me a story. They have some family that doesn't go to church and, and they were in a place near their family, and they went into a church, an apostolic church, very large apostolic church, probably has several, few hundred members, and um, they went in that church, and they said, I, I believe it was on a Sunday service, they said, from the time we walked in till the time we walked out, and they said, now to be fair, we got there right as church was starting, but we waited through the altar call, we, we didn't rush out. And from the time we got there to the time we left, not one person said hello to us. Not one person greeted us. Not one person tried to make a connection with us. And, and they were shocked that you would go to a church and that would be the case. If we do that with guests, we will lose our opportunity to minister to that person. Hospitality opens the door ministry that's why we're talking about this why would we take Wednesday night to do this because this opens the door for ministry that's why we need everybody doing this together I'd like you to think about what Sunday is like at our church just go on a little journey I tell you what let's do this real quick and I'm, we're closing but close your eyes would you do that close your eyes and you're a guest you don't go to sanctuary church normally you're just a guest Imagine you're you turning onto Straw Floor Road and you pull up in front of our church and you see cars on your right across the street. They're just there's just a long row of cars over there. You look in the parking lot, there's cars everywhere in the parking lot. You're liable to do what some people have done that have pulled into our parking lot to see no spots and simply to just turn around and drive away which we've had them do many times. But let's say you go ahead and you say, well, we'll, just, we'll, we'll, we'll go anyway. So you park way down across the street. There's already a long line because you got here later as a guest. You didn't want to be too early. And you walk all the way down the street into the parking lot. You come in the building. And when you get in the building, you walk in the room. The worship has started and there's no seats. And you have your family. And worse yet, maybe they just asked everybody to sit down. And you're standing now in the back of the church and you're trying to find a place to sit. And nobody helps you or nobody offers their seat to you. And then when the service is over 
everybody gets up and they start talking to their friends and nobody really spends very much time talking to you or making you feel welcome or comfortable. And then you have to walk all the way back down. Can you imagine what that must be like for a guest? And, and we don't typically have the issue of nobody talking to you, but can you imagine how difficult it is for a guest to come into this church on an average Sunday? You can open your eyes. Think about that, folks. We, don't, we come to this place, we know what to expect, we know kind of how things are going to go, but we've got to start looking at this with fresh eyes. And I would, I would have a sincere hope in our hearts that we would be very willing to lay aside our own comforts so that somebody else who doesn't experience the Lord like we typically do in this church would have the opportunity to experience the Lord. We've got to be, and, and this church is very hospitable, but we're taking it to another level. We have got to be a hospitable people, giving up seats, saying, I'm, I'm not a front row person, but, but, I'm, but I'm not a person that's not going to help win a soul either. So I'm going to take my family and go to the front row. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop my family off and then go park my car across the street. I was thinking the other day, Pastor Austin, we probably need to get a sign to put up by the driveway that says, guest parking available in the parking lot. And, and you can help take care of that for us. <laughs> and that's how it works with me. It hits me and I tell him right then. But because I want our guests when they come up to not feel like they can't, some people won't even drive in the parking lot. Because if they see cars across the street, they think, well, the parking lot's completely full. And folks, I just want us to win people to the Lord. <laughs> and what he said about we underestimate the value of just a regular apostolic service is such a true statement. And I'll offer this little story to you, and, and I'll close with it. There was a Wednesday night when I was in Hot Springs. It was the Wednesday night following the Mother's Day. My father-in-law got sick Saturday evening, and I think it was like 7.30, 8 o'clock Sunday morning. I got a call from, I've told this story, I got a call from my mother-in-law, and she said, she said, Pop A is sick, and um, he needs you and Brother Fruin to take care of services today. Well, folks, Mother's Day is typically a pretty big day in any church, and it certainly was at our church there. And so she said, you and Fruin get together, decide who's preaching AM, who's going to preach PM. And I called Brother Fruin, and we determined I would preach AM, he would preach PM. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to preach, and, and so I went and, and got dressed and ready as quickly as I could, went to the church, Pastor Austin studied and, and got something together and God heard us and God blessed it that day and we had a powerful service. In that service, I mentioned something about the power of a woman's hair. And um, it, there was just a, a, a big um, push. So my father-in-law came and he said, I heard you, you mentioned this Sunday and I've had so many people mention how it helped them and people say they'd like to know more about it. Why don't you teach on that um, Wednesday night following Mother's Day. Okay, so a Wednesday night following Mother's Day, 
I'm going to teach on, on hair. Okay, that's not typically the service you expect there to be some dynamic move of God necessarily, right? Could maybe picture it be getting a little tense at times in that kind of a service. Yet, and, and you mentioned maybe not our favorite preacher. No, those people wanted to hear my father-in-law preach that night. They didn't want to hear me. He'd been, he'd been sick the Sunday before. They'd, exp- they'd brought their families on Mother's Day, and he didn't get to preach. They'd had to listen to me, and they didn't want to hear me that Wednesday night. And there was, a, there was a guest that came that night that was the daughter-in-law of a family in that church. Their daughter-in-law, did I just, there we go. Their daughter-in-law did not have any connection to an apostolic church or background or truth at all and was very, uh, had been very standoffish and maybe even a little bit antagonistic toward it at times. But what, and, and they called and said, uh, hey, Brother, Brother Anderson, we're so excited. Our daughter-in-law and our son are coming to church with us tonight. They're from out of town. They never get to come. They're going to come with us tonight. And he said, oh, he said, that's great. He said, Brother Kenneth's going to be preaching tonight. He's teaching on hair. Now, this, is a, this woman that had called is a tremendous woman of the Lord. And she told us later, she, she told my wife and I, she said, I'll be honest with you, she said, I was a little concerned when I heard what the subject matter was going to be. And she said, you know, how, how she might be receptive to that or not. She said, so I'm in the car, and I'm just nervous as can be. And she said, but in the car, she said, you know what question she asked me? She said, can you just help me understand why y'all do the things you do, specifically with your hair? She said, you know, it's funny you'd say that. I think we're going to hear a lesson on that tonight. And so I got up and I taught a lesson on that. And it was just a regular Wednesday night. Wasn't the preacher they would have chosen to hear. But God moved in that service. She got the Holy Ghost that night. They baptized her that night. She's living for God today in Wichita, Kansas. Now, I say all that to say, don't ever underestimate the power of one regular service. And whether you think it's the right setting for God to do something or for somebody to receive something... We've just got to always do our best to, to understand that God can move in any cer- cer- set of circumstances, in any situation, at any time. Our God can do it. And we want to open the door through hospitality. We want to open the door for ministry for people. And that girl came in and she was loved that night. And people prayed with her that night. And people and, and it, was a, it was a whole thing that had happened. There was a supernatural aspect where God had set some things together. But there was also the part that everybody prepared her when she came in to be a receiver of what the Lord would do in that service. You may not be the preacher and you may not be the singer, but you can be the person that opens the door for ministry to come into their spirit. Amen.